Sometimes life brings you an unexpected victory. Good golly. Don't you love those unexpected victories? I'm sure you've had them. Where just all of a sudden you're surprised that you either got what you wanted, succeeded in an endeavor, or won a competition. Like, totally unexpected. Absolutely not expecting that at all. By the way, congratulations on your unexpected victories. Uh, I was a recipient of that this week, and this past weekend it was the uh, Minnesota State Archery Association uh, State Tournament and uh, myself and a boatload of friends and uh, friends that I actually made at the competition. Um, it, was, it was just an awesome endeavor and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I actually came home with a third place award in my flight because uh, what they do now, now don't, don't think too highly of any of this. I am absolutely not bragging because I, I did not shoot my best and, and whatever. But uh, what they do is they take archers that are at your level of archery and put a couple dozen of you together and you shoot against those guys or, well, in my case, guys. If you're a lady, you would shoot against ladies uh, because they do not have a, uh, they, they definitely make you define as a man or a woman. And yes, I did need to add that in there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you, you shoot with people that are at your level, you know, a certain range of scores. And uh, my buddy Dave, it was hilarious. We're sitting there, and he, he said he didn't shoot worth a hoot, you know, or whatever. And we were just kind of sitting there talking. And uh, next thing you know, they announced his name. He got third place. He was like, wait, what? <laughs> he looked at me like, are you kidding? So unexpected victory. Same with uh, our neighbor kid, you know. He was, in the, uh, he was in his flight, and he ended up getting second in his and he absolutely did not expect that he did a great job and uh he actually held it to better uh, together better than i did or any of the other parents for that matter i'm not his parent but uh kind of his archery mentor you know but anyway we just had a blast and the uh, minnesota state archery association put on a hell of a shoot and uh, those people worked their butts off and it was a lot of fun was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, we all ended up shooting Sunday. Uh, they also had a shoot Saturday in an award ceremony. Just good times. Really good times. So anyway, welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast, everybody. I'm sure glad you're here. And no, this podcast is not about archery, but uh, the unexpected victories that we all got this weekend were a handful of fun. You know what I mean? Just something you, a feather you can put in your hat and... Uh, some fun in your back pocket for a later date, a story to tell, you know. And that's, that's the thing about living life is having stories to tell and you being homesteaders, you definitely have stories to tell, don't you? So we have a lot of good times with it. But anyway, you know, today uh, discussing uh, how we started our, in, now we did this two weeks ago. But today I'm going to discuss and and talk to you about how we started our tomato and pepper plants. Now in Minnesota, our growing season is extremely short. 
but extremely good and effective. You know, we get a lot of rain, or at least we get a moderate amount of rain, and we get a lot of nice, warm sunshine and very humid days. Nothing better for growing weather, you know? And that's why this is one of the top agricultural areas in the world with some of the most fertile soil you will ever see. Um, so we're blessed. We're blessed. We have all kinds of farmers around here. We have your high production, just regular farmers that plant their shit with the world's biggest tractor and spray their stuff with an airplane. And we have the uh, organic farmers that uh, cultivate their soil and don't spray anything. We have uh, homesteaders, we have tiny farmers, we have micro dairies, we have huge dairies, we have every kind of farm you can think of, uh, except for sugar. Well, well, we do have sugar, I guess. We have sugar beets that are in the area, but we have a, just a ton of farming around here. Uh, so we are extremely blessed to be in this area and uh, diverse in our farming heritages and uh, points of view on farming. But anyway, my wife and I, you know, here about two weeks ago, we uh, got out the plastic trays. Uh, and, and last year I saved all of the Mother's Day plants that she got because she got a lot of marigolds and, and uh, what are they, petunias, I think, and all this other stuff. Anyway, we saved all those containers last year when she did it. She goes, do you want these? I'm like, yes. So I stacked them all up plastic containers and I put them in the plastic trays that I got with my tomato starting kits last year but the the tom tomato starting kits that I had last year were made out of uh, that egg cart material and they get ruined once you grow something in there so I can either do one of two things I can use these plant starting deals or I can use egg cartons well egg cartons you know sometimes the roots you got to transfer them to a bigger container sooner so what we did is we use these other containers so the roots can get deep and good before I can I transfer them to plastic cups here in a week or two. So in doing that, uh, we got them all started. Now here's the mistake I made and the victory that my wife had. Um, when I put tomato seeds in one of the planting areas, which is a very small area, I take one or two and put them in there. Now she took uh, just a pinch full, which is several, uh, up to five, I guess, and put those in there. And when we did that, she, uh, she, she, her tomatoes are growing so much better than mine. And yeah, we're gonna have to thin them. And I think we'll end up having to tear, kind of tear some apart, getting the root structures apart. But in doing that, we have a hell of a lot of tomato plants because of that. I mean, like hundreds, okay? And for my wife to plant them that way and have so much, um, have it be so productive, I'm, I'm thinking that next time we do this, that we have to do it the way she did it. But anyway, we, we put them in these, these little planters, okay, and they're in a plastic tray so the water doesn't leak out when we um, water them. So the plastic tray that we use underneath is actually made for planting. It's a very cheap plastic, very cheap thin plastic that is actually made for planting. 
but the cardboard's gone. A anyway, I put the water in there, and the water's great, and it has a clear plastic lid that goes over the top, and that acts as the greenhouse effect for that, okay? So now that I have the greenhouse effect on there um, and the water in there, it works pretty good and we put it in a south facing window. So we got these shelves, these wire shelves from Home Depot that we can use for multiple things. So we cleared them all off, got them in our south facing windows, and right now these wire shelves are full of uh, potential tomato and pepper plants on the south facing windows. The tomato plants actually shot right up. The pepper plants take a lot longer, which is okay, and we're fine with that. We just gotta realize that I think we're, we're gonna put the tomato plants in the garden before we do the pepper plants. And actually, if I were to do it all over again this year, I would go a week earlier, or maybe even two weeks earlier, and start the pepper plants. But you know what? It is what it is, and we won't throw a fit. Um, we got them started, and that's half the battle. It has not been a warm spring at all, okay? Uh, it's actually been very cold, but we got a nice warm house that they're in, and they're in a south-facing window. So even on the cloudy days, they've still got a little bit of greenhouse effect going on in there, and we're really getting a lot of production and good growth in it. But the tomato plants in these last couple weeks have grown so much that I can no longer use the plastic lid on those. I can use them on the pepper plants, but I cannot use them on the tomato plants because they've gotten too tall. So I took the plastic lids off, tucked them underneath the container that they belong to, and as for right now, they're just kind of in the open air and the cats can't get to them and they can't tip them over and all that shit. And that is how we are doing it right now. Here in the next week or two, what I will be doing is I'll be taking a bunch of plastic clear cups, like a sleeve of them, okay? And I will be grabbing those and using those, I'll drill holes in the bottom of them, and I'll be putting a bunch of our own compost soil in those, and I will be transferring and breaking apart tomato plants in such a way that they can be in those cups and individually grow and really get a growth spurt on them. I want them to have a good uh, stem on them. So what I will do is tomato plants tend to get what's called leggy. Now if you've ever had leggy tomato plants, what they will do is they will lean over and go sideways and lay on the dirt on their side. That means they're leggy, they're too long to support themselves. Well if you ever look closely at a tomato plant, they have little hair looking things on the side of them. So that means if you bury them up to, up further in dirt, so what you would do is instead of having a four inch tall tomato plant, you would bury it deeper in the dirt and make it only a two inch tall tomato plant. And those little hairs on the side will turn into roots. You know what I mean? So you can do that. And that'll make a stronger, better, plant with a stronger better foundation and when that grows it will be a much a, a good higher stronger thicker plant when you transfer it into your garden and you put your coffee cans around them okay um, early in the year we cannot put our stuff into the garden until about May 15th and I always have a large um, 
either plastic or blanket nearby I actually have a very large black felt blanket uh, that collects a lot of heat just in case I forget to move it but uh, a large felt black blanket that's actually used for fabric around culverts and stuff like that uh, it's, it's about a 20 by 20 piece at a large felt black bl blanket and that is used over the plants if, if we ever have a frost warning okay because tomato plants will not last in a frost warning. Neither will pepper plants, actually. They're, they're pretty volatile when it comes to cold weather. So you really need to keep an eye on that. If you don't get any frost, the, of course they'll live. They just won't grow as fast. But a hot, humid environment is the best thing that you can do for them. And uh, you don't have to water over the top of them either. You can actually water, do what's called flood gardening and flood irrigation where you actually flood between the rows, you kind of dig channels down and flood between the rows and, and, and irrigate them that way. But, but I'm not talking about the gardening part right now. I'm actually talking about the starting plants part right now. So yes, here in another week, I'll be transferring them to cups. I will be burying them deeper and making sure that their stems get thicker and their root structure gets stronger. Uh, works great. Um, starting your own plants, let's face it, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Last year when I was at the home center, they were selling shitty tomato plants for nine bucks. And I didn't even buy $9 worth of seed and I have hundreds of plants. That's the value you get out of it, okay? So I'm gonna have plenty of plants left over to give my friends and my loved ones and people I care about, heck, even milk customers, you know, I mean, if they want some. Um, plenty of stuff there, plenty of things to give those people, and that's just something that I really care about and I'm, I'm uh, downright uh, really proud of having these uh, this year started. So, anyway, if you have any questions about any of this stuff or anything I could have covered better, which I'm sure I could have, uh, definitely email me. Uh, the email is ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. Or if you want to connect about anything, I mean, I'd love to interview somebody on the podcast. I'd like to get time to do that someday and uh, actually interview you if you'd like to be on it, uh, especially you pro homesteaders. I know a few of them, but they haven't volunteered. And I, I'm not really all about asking people to do it. I mean, I will. I ask my wife all the time. She won't do it. I tell her, these people need your information, lady. But uh, no, she, she, she's got other things to do. She's too busy working and not podcasting, which maybe I should probably get to that here pretty soon. Anyway, I'm on my way home right now. But uh, anyway, God bless you all, and thanks you for uh, tuning in today. Good golly. What a, what a time of year, you know? I mean, I just love this time of year, this springtime of year. Even though it's been a cold spring here and it's really taken a long time to get up to that nice warm temperature, I'm really happy that we do have spring. I'm really happy that it's no longer 20 below and all the snow is gone. That just Stuff like that makes me really happy. Uh, the change of season, the change over, even though it's kind of cold, wet, rainy, and cloudy and windy, it, it is what it is. You know, and we've had a few beautiful days this year. We just haven't had as many as we normally have. But that's okay. It's going to be a good year. And, you know, a lot of moisture in the dirt, you know, the frost has pretty much came out by now. 
And if we get this moisture in the dirt, that'll make for a great growing season. And that's something that we can't take for granted because we've had some pretty drought uh, struck years this last year anyway. So hang in there and we'll have it good. Anyway, thank you for tuning in today. God bless you. Uh, don't really have much else for you. Anyway, have a good one. Thank you.